Hey y'all, I'm Elisa. And I'm Samantha. And welcome to Watch for Deer. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Don't say good. Don't say what day it is because apparently we just drop whenever now. Yeah, we just drop it like it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just drop his podcast just like it's hot. We're like Missy Elliott. We just flip it and reverse it. <laughs> nope, nope. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> just flip it and reverse it. Oh, I have a funny story for you guys. Okay. I'd actually, I'd actually forgotten about it. And I'm going to try to get through it because, I don't know, it's a, it's a really funny story. But I'm exhausted today, so I'm kind of not... I'm pretty tired, too. Uh, yeah, we had a Christmas party last night, and I'm, I'm dragging butt today. So, anyways, we were talking, I don't know, about a week ago, and I've been wanting to tell this story because it is really funny. Okay. At least it is to all of us, all the, the friend group. <clears throat> About two or three years ago, uh-huh. I was walking in the yard, and I have to describe to you <laughs> how my yard is. You, I have a very long yard, and then if you go over the hill, it's very far down over the hill. And then the road is there, but you can't see it really well. Right. You can't see the road from my house unless you go to the edge of the hill. Right. And there's a, there's a fence there, but when we had the ice storm a long time ago, it dropped a set, or it knocked a section out. Anyways, so over the hill, road, then over the hill again. Mm-hmm. So picture that. <clears throat> I'm outside, and I'm calling for my chickens. And okay. I'm yelling, hey, ladies, hey, ladies. And I have the feed bucket, and I'm shaking it. And I go to that section where the fence is down, and I see my chickens over the hill. And there's a car parked in the road, and it's just stopped there. And I can see that there's a man there. I don't know who it is. It's 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 a long way down. I can't see that great. <clears throat> Anyways. So, the chickens didn't come to me. But the guy was just looking at me. And I waved and I said, hi. You know, that's it. I come back in the house. Well, nobody else was here. Chickens never did come back. Scott pulls in with Emily not too long after. And there was a knock on the door. And I'm standing in the kitchen. And... <laughs> And it's the police at the front door. And I just kind of peek my head over, and Scott goes to the door. And he goes, hey, we just got a call. There was uh, an incident right here. This guy says that there was a little girl throwing rocks at his car and had busted his windshield. So I could hear the cop saying that, the police officer saying that, but I didn't think anything about it, and I thought, well... Maybe it's a house down the road because I don't have, like, close neighbors, but yeah, we don't have little kids. No. And he had just pulled in with Emily, and he told the police officer that. He said, well, you you followed me up the hill. I have my daughter with me, but she's in high school. We don't have little kids. And he Scott, Scott comes back in. He's telling me the story, and he, he's like, this guy says... <laughs> this guy says that there's a little girl out there with her hair in a ponytail, uh throwing rocks at cars and he busted the windshield out and I was like I don't I don't know what you're talking about Scott I, there's no kids here obviously you know whatever and Scott goes yeah and says the little girl had scooby-doo pajamas on pajama pants on he could see scooby-doo on Scooby. her pajama pants and I stepped out of the kitchen I had scooby-doo <laughs> pajama pants on <laughs> So when you were like, hey, he thought that you <laughs> threw rocks. So what had happened was, 
bet the chickens, the chickens were, were scratching. scratching on the side of the hill and had, I guess, maybe knocked something loose or, yeah. or I guess. I mean, they could have, you know, propelled it back. It's not that big of a slant. I, I don't really know. He may have just done it and said that he wanted his windshield replaced. replaced yeah. But anyways, yeah, he said there was a little girl in Scooby-Doo pajama pants and she was, he could hear her laughing and all this stuff and... The police knocked on the door, and it was not a little girl. It was me. And when I walked around, and Scott said that, and I walked on around, he saw <laughs> Scooby-Doo Jamie. Yeah, my Scooby-Doo pajama pants. He said, hell's fire, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot leave you at home for one minute by yourself. I was like, I, I didn't throw a thing. I was like, was thrown. I was just looking for my chickens. <laughs> so, yeah. That's hilarious. So, that's, yeah, that happened. That happened. <laughs> But they were talking about it the other day, and everybody was laughing about it because that was a running joke here. So, little girl in her Scooby Jammies. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it was me. All right, so it's like you know, tomorrow makes a week till Christmas. Mm-hmm. Still not got my tree up. I don't understand that. I literally just got my living room back today. Like I've worked my butt off today. So today, can, can you take a day like so, of work and put? You've got to put your. Tree I'm gonna put up. it up tonight. Like I'm going to like when I leave here. I think I'm gonna run to Walmart. I'm gonna get like some freezer pizza or maybe like some Rocco's. Throw it in the oven, let it cook while I put my tree up. It's going up tonight. It needs to go. It's up tonight. going up tonight. Yeah, because this is the latest I've ever been. Like I'm sad about it. I'm sad about this. I know. I mean, your nails are done in Christmas. You, I had, know. you had time for that. My little my you, nails look kind of ratty. You had that though. time. I did you have had that, that time. time. I, did, I gotta make time. Make myself pretty. <laughs> it is called self care. Self care, people. Don't be afraid to do some self care. All right. So I'm gonna ask you a question, and I want your honest answer. How many people go missing on a cruise ship each year? Oh, hmm. How many people would you think go missing on a cruise ship? Mm-hmm. On a cruise ship each year. Just five? Five. They're estimating, although the number is not completely accurate because they don't know how many hadn't been reported, they're estimating two to three hundred people a year go missing on a cruise ship. Ooh, that's a lot, isn't it? How do you go missing on a cruise ship? Well, I don't know. I've never been on a cruise. And I've always wanted to go on a cruise. And I know that several people that have been, they're like, oh, you. They say it's amazing. It's amazing. And you can go, like, you can get these deals. And you can go a lot cheaper than what, you know, you go to Myrtle Beach for or whatever. Yeah. But I've been watching some stuff, like, about the ocean and, like, some computer like conspiracy stuff about the ocean mm-hmm. and and just like I I'm not I used to want to go but no I don't think I could go just in the middle of the ocean how vast it is Well they say the cruise ship is so big that you literally don't have any idea that you're even on on a on a ship in the middle of the ocean because right. it's so big But imagine a big tsunami wave coming towards it wouldn't matter how big that cruise ship is it takes out like islands right what was it haiti was it haiti the the tsunami yeah i I just don't and and two i totally believe you know i'm very skeptic about stuff right like i'm a super super skeptic i am not skeptic about anything in the ocean if somebody tells me that giant squids took a ship down like in the 1800s i would believe that before i believe that bigfoot is alive simply because we don't know what's in there I, i mean 
the world is mostly water. There is no way that we know exactly what is in the, what is in the ocean. Yeah. And I don't want to know what's in the ocean. Yeah. So I'm just not. So this number just kind of floored me. Two to three hundred people a a year. That's a lot of people. It sounds like a lot of people, people. but how many people go on cruises a year? I mean, millions. So, so I mean, is it a lot of people Mm. if you can, if you compare it to how many people actually go on a cruise? I know. That's true. Anyways, go ahead. So today we're going to talk about Amy Lynn Bradley. She was born May 12th, 1974 in Petersburg, Virginia. She was a resident of Chesterfield County, Virginia. She attended a local college longwood university graduating with a degree in physical education she attended with a scholarship in basketball and was known for her strong swimming abilities as well as having previously worked as a lifeguard amy was planning to start a new job at a computer consulting firm after she graduated from college amy was an all-american girl she was pretty she was outgoing athletic And even though Amy was a strong swimmer and a trained lifeguard, she was actually terrified of the open ocean. As she should should be. be. (laughs) We just discussed this. As anyone with any sense whatsoever should should be. be scared of the open ocean. Yeah. So, according to Amy's mother, Iva Bradley, Amy had to be persuaded to join her family on the Caribbean cruise ship, Rhapsody of the Seas. Amy said she was reluctant about going up to the railing, but her dad, her brother, both said, come up here and we'll halt you. Mm-mm. mm <laughs> That's a hard no. <laughs> hard no. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. I'm guessing her honey's getting ready to disappear, and it's a hard no. Hard no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hard no. Don't let go, Jack. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> don't let go. <laughs> there was enough room. <laughs> there was enough there room. Was I enough agree. Room I agree. For him on that. And she let him. She just peeled his little fingers his off. Little and, frosty and just, fingers. And just let him sink. I love you, Jack. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you did not. No. You, you let threw him to the fishies. <laughs> that giant squid wrapped his tentacles right around his little body. <laughs> Every night in my dreams, I feel you. I feel you. No, okay, go. Go. (laughs) All right, they were holding on to her. Go ahead. So Amy managed to put her fears aside, and a cruise life um, offered plenty of distractions from, you know, college and her upcoming job because she was pretty nervous about starting a new job. On the surface, pleasure cruises look like a perfectly safe way to take a vacation. Mm -hmm. But according to the New York Times, beneath the carefree party atmosphere lies a little known unknown secret. Okay. Sexual assaults. Oh, God. Here we go. Some claim the crime occurs more regularly than cruise lines would care to admit. Uh, Well... I can see it with all the alcohol and everybody's partying and living it up. And, you know, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Can people just not, just not, can we just not? Can we just not? Can we just not? Can we just lay and relax? Can we just keep our hands to ourselves? Is that not one of the first things that they teach you in they kindergarten? Do. We're going we're gonna to line up straight and we're going to keep our hands, hands to, to ourselves. yourself, yeah. people. All right. If it's not yours, don't touch it. That's exactly right. What do you do? You're so... I'm mad. She's already mad we ain't even started. All right, go. 
So this um, this was true for the Bradley family when they set sail from Puerto Rico in March of 1998. On their third night at sea, Amy and her brother, Brad, partied long and hard with the ship's band, Blue Orchid. One of the band members, Alistair Douglas, otherwise known as Yellow, was drinking with Amy that night and claimed that he had left the party around 1 a.m. At the time, a videographer known as Chris Fenwick was also able to capture... Stop. Did you say videographer? Videographer? Uh-huh. That's it. Go ahead. Oh, I guess I did. You sure did. <laughs> uh, okay. That's funny. Back up that whole sentence, sis. <laughs> At the oh. time, a videographer... Uh-uh. No, why? What, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Oh, last night was rough. <laughs> Let's try this we're one more time. We're not going to get through this story. <laughs> a videographer. <laughs> At the time, a videographer mm-hmm. known as Chris, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as Chris Fenwick was also able to capture the moment where Amy and Yella were dancing. Neither returned to the family's cabin until 3.40 a.m., Amy's dad, Ron, said that he woke up when Amy had came in and said she was going to sleep on the balcony. Now, he said she had, hadn't been feeling too well because of the motion of the boat since we left Aruba that evening. So, she said she was going to just stay out there and get some fresh air. Between the times of 5.15 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. on March 24, 1998, Amy's father, Ron, woke up and got up to check on the status of his children where he saw Amy still sleeping on the lounge chair of the balcony's cabin, or in the cabin's balcony. Ron told local papers he could see Amy's legs from her hips down. Knew she was okay, so he walked back in, dozed back off to sleep. The balcony door was closed, because if it hadn't been closed, he would have gotten up and closed it. When he got back up at 6 a.m., she was missing, along with her cigarettes and lighter. He later said, I left to try and go up and find her. When I couldn't find her, I really didn't know what to think because it was really unlike Amy to leave and not tell any of us where she was going. After Ron searched the common areas of the cruise, Ron woke up the rest of the family and told them Amy was missing at 6.30 a.m. More disturbingly, docking the ship in Curaco also gave any possible kidnappers an ample opportunity to whisk Amy Bradley off the vessel and disappear into the crowd. Amy's mother pleaded with the crew. I got very, very panicked and frightened, and I asked them, please don't put the gangplank down. You need to lock the ship up now. You need to back the ship off the dock. Don't let anybody off this boat. Somebody has my daughter. Finally, the captain ordered a search. Officials claim they combed through all 10 decks, all 999 rooms, and they found nothing, no trace of Amy. A three-day search of the ocean also failed to turn up any trace of Amy Bradley. I mean, it's, it's the ocean. It's the ocean. So, to me, it would be really hard to find someone like in the ocean. It's like a needle in a haystack. If you've ever seen, like, whenever they do videos, like, from helicopters or, pl- like, search planes. Yeah. There's a reason that they have, like, flashing things or... or um, flare guns because in the ocean just a ship in the ocean when you're so high up you cannot see it right 
So yeah, imagine so a person. To... Yeah, you couldn't see a person. And you no. don't think that like fish and whatever's in there would eat that person? Like I, the ocean's scary. It is scary. It's a scary thing. It is super scary. The official conclusion, Amy may have fallen overboard or even jumped. The family turned their attention to the cruise ship's staff. They believed that certain people on board had been giving their daughter special attention. At one point, Ron Bradley remembered one of the waiters asking for Amy's name, saying that they wanted to take her to Carlos and Charlie's restaurant during the ship's dock in Aruba. When he asked his daughter about it, Amy responded, I wouldn't go and do anything with any of those crew members. They give me the creeps. This antidote is even creepier given that Carlos and Charlie's restaurant is where Natalie Holloway, who was an 18-year-old American woman who disappeared in Aruba also in 2005, was last seen. I remember that story well. The Bradleys began to piece together Amy's last hours on board the ship. She left the balcony between 5.30 and 6 a.m. They know that she at least changed her clothes. They know she took her cigarettes. But they're not sure where she was going. And then they found a witness. Crystal Roberts said she saw Amy early that morning with the bass player from the ship's band. And Amy said, I saw Amy and the band member walk over and up to the next deck above us. Now, about 10 minutes later, he came walking around by himself. Amy was gone. She didn't come back down from the above deck with this guy. Mm -hmm. Others claimed that they had seen the bass player flirting with Amy the night before. Now, Brad Bradley, her brother, said, she said that when they were dancing at the disco, he tried to you know, dance a little too close. And she had to tell him to back off a little bit. Again, people, keep your hands to yourself. Mm -hmm. That morning, no one but the Bradley family and the ship's security knew Amy was missing. No one, that is, except the bass player. According to Amy's brother, Brad, the musician mentioned that he felt bad about what happened to his sister. That was a really odd thing to say that early in the stages of this thing, you know? Nobody except for my family and I in security that something may be wrong. So that was a recorded account of what Brad had said. Was there... I know this was back in the late 90s, 98, mm-hmm. 99 is what you said. Did did they not have video surveillance so they all do have, over? They do have some camera footages and they can kind of track her whereabouts. They see her dancing with yellow... They see her walking up. There's a picture on there of her walking up <clears throat> with um with this other guy, Chris. Um, so they are they they are able to piece together a few things, but they never found any evidence that the bass player was involved with her disappearance. Then, according to Steve Reeves, the editor of a cruise line trade publication, this disturbing new theory emerged. There's rumor and legend surrounding slavery in the Southern Caribbean. It's not uncommon knowledge in the maritime community that young white women are considered to be very desirable to foreign procurers. Say that word. I don't know what you're even trying. Procurers. Sure. Yes. Amy's mother believed her daughter was a perfect target. Amy would have been a trophy, she says. Amy would have been someone that, I believe, could have been picked out and fingered to move off that ship. She could have been held and hidden. She could have been possibly drugged and taken from that ship. 
The Dutch Caribbean Coast Guard conducted a four-day search that ended on March 27th of 1998, and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines chartered a boat to continue to look for her. The Coast Guard used three helicopters and a radar plane to assist in the, in the search. So they couldn't ever find anything. They couldn't find any trace of her. It's just like her, her cigarettes, just poof, gone. Just completely vanished. How how terrifying. That that I is I can imagine. Here's the thing, like this is ninety eight and she was young. The woman could still be alive if they don't know what happened to her. She could absolutely still be alive to this day and in human trafficking or something like well, there, stay away there from there. There's been a couple sightings. There's been a couple sightings. So initially the authorities suspected that Amy had either fallen overboard or died by suicide. This was discredited because Amy was known to be a very strong swimmer and her body was never found, which I don't feel like that's accurate. Like we just said, the ocean is so huge, so huge. But she had so much planned. It's, it wasn't a suicide. She had so much planned. She was starting a new job. They said that she had already made plans to adopt a new dog when she got back. Like she had all of these things planned out and people... You know, why would you, why would you do that? Right. Why would you do that? Now, on the morning of the disappearance, two passengers told Ron they saw a woman matching Amy's description taking an elevator to the ship's deck with cigarettes and a lighter. However, this didn't lead to any findings. Another witness was a cab driver, and he stated that a woman matching Amy's description approached him and said she urgently needed a phone. This sighting was never confirmed by authorities. Now, in August 1998, a Canadian computer engineer claimed to have seen Amy walking down with two men on a beach in Curaçao five minutes after the disappearance was made public. Oh, I'm sorry, five months after the disappearance was made public. The witness noticed that the woman was constantly trying to get his attention until he lost sight of her at a nearby cafe. The woman's tattoos were reportedly identical to Bradley's. Is this in Aruba still? This is in Curaco. Um, And he said he was like two feet away from her and he was 100% sure that the tattoos on this lady matched hers. I think the tattoos, and I may say here, um, in here what they were, but it, it was like a Tasmanian devil. Like mm -hmm. it was a very distinct tattoo. She had two tattoos and he said that they matched you know, without a doubt, they were what was made public. Yeah, those Looney Tune tattoos back in back in the they late nineties they they were a big deal. They were big. I know a many people with a Tweety Bird. Do you have a Tweety Bird? <laughs> no, no, no. She's like no, no. But no. a Tasmanian Devil Tweety Bird. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Looney Tunes. Yep. Straight up nineties baby. <laughs> so in. January of 1999, a U.S. Navy petty officer claimed to have seen a woman at a brothel in Curaco who claimed to be Amy Bradley. So he went to this brothel and this, this girl, she was like, hey, I'm Amy Bradley. I'm the missing girl. He stated she told him that her name was Amy Bradley and she begged him for help, explaining that she was held against <clears throat> her will and not allowed to leave and did not report the incident earlier because he feared for his career in the Navy because he wasn't supposed to be at a brothel. So he just didn't report it. Well, what? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I, that's that is that is very crappy. Is what that is. Yep. Your career over over somebody's a human life. life. Yeah. Your career so over a you, life. So basically, you just you just participated in human slavery is what you did because that's, you knew something and you didn't do anything about it. Yeah. If you see something, say something. Always, always. The witness only contacted Amy's family after he retired Oh, <laughs> and saw her picture in a magazine. There was no evidence, though, to support this witness's claim. Now, in the fall of 1999, Amy's parents received an email from a self-proclaimed Navy SEAL soldier, Frank Jones. Frank told the family that he was a former, a former U.S. Army special officer with a team of experienced soldiers who might be able to rescue Amy. Jones had claimed that his team had seen Amy being held by heavily armed Colombian personnel in a housing complex surrounded by barbed wire. The team also gave an accurate description of Amy's tattoos and sang the lullaby that Amy's mother used to sing for her. Over the next few months, Frank would feed news to the family and provided reports on sightings of their daughter. When Jones told them they were going to attempt a rescue, he added that more funds were needed. The Bradley sent Jones a total of $210,000 to fund the setup for Amy's search and had expected a call from Jones and his team for the results of the rescue mission that never came. They were scammed. Jones had made the story up and had tried to scam the Bradleys out of money. In February of 2002, federal prosecutors in Richmond charged him with defrauding the Bradleys of $24,400 and the National Missing Children's Organization of $186,000. And uh, Jones pleaded guilty in April of mail fraud and was sentenced to five years in prison. That's all he got was five years? That is awful to pray. We've said it time and time again, to pray up on people who are, are in distress and are so desperate. You are literally the scum of the earth. Really? I yeah. mean, come on. To give that mom hope. Hope like, that, that she'd seen it and we're going to go get her. We're going to rescue. Um, like, oh my gosh. He should have spent his life in jail. He should have. Five years is nothing. No. Five years is nothing. Another incident involved the finding of a jawbone that washed ashore in Aruba in 2010. Initially, it was thought to be the jawbone of another missing persons case, Natalie Holloway. But once the jawbone was cleared of Holloway, authorities seized any further testing. Despite there was nine other Caribbean vacationers that were said to have been missing. That Aruban, that Aruba, uh, Aruban? Would it be Aruban government? The government of Aruba? Yeah. They, the, I know the Holloways, whenever it was on the news and stuff, they did not participate. I guess they weren't willing participants. Yeah. So, when stuff like that happens, and I've said that to my kids, too, like when they go overseas, and uh, I've had one of my kids left the country, and it really bothered me because I think that people, they realize, but they don't actually realize yeah. how blessed we are to be in America. Yeah. And I know that our government sometimes really, really kind of sucks. Drops the ball. But in the whole scheme of things, we are so blessed to be here and they'll investigate for the most part yeah our uh police officers and um, they're wonderful you go to these other countries and something happens they don't care and they don't care they you're really, not a citizen you're they not don't a care. citizen they really do not care they don't have to do a thing for you it, no. it's just it's terrifying and the more the older i get 
the more I never want to leave. Yeah. Like, I never want to leave American soil. Ever. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I mean, I get it. No DNA testing was done. Hold on, I gotta flip the page here. Was done on the material. They say that the bone is human and was likely from a Caucasian origin. Bradley's mother and father appeared on the November 17, 2005 episode of Dr. Phil. An image of a young woman resembling Bradley that was emailed to her parents was shown on the program and it suggests she might have been sold into sexual slavery. An email was sent to the Bradley family website containing two photographs of a woman that closely resembled Amy. And I'll share these on our social media. It. Um, I'm going to watch I'm, the Dr. Phil episode I now mean, that you said that. Well, for sure. Absolutely. But they do, they definitely favor her. They definitely favor her. The photographs were observed by a member of an organization that attempts to track victims on sites that feature sex workers. The woman in the photo has been said to appear distraught and despondent and was a sex worker known as Jazz. There was another potential sighting in March of 2005 when a witness named Judy Marr claimed to have seen Bradley in a department store restroom in Barbados. She claimed a woman entered the restroom accompanied by three men who proceeded to threaten her if she did not follow through on a deal. She alleges that after the men left, she approached the distraught woman who said that her name was Amy and she was from Virginia before the men re-entered and took her away. Now, Mara called the authorities and they created composite sketches of the men and the woman based on her account. Now, here's some theories on, on her disappearance. Um, there's a few circula- circulating on the internet in regard to her. One of the theories is that she was kidnapped and sold into the illegal human trafficking industry in the um, Caribbean. This theory is supported by various sources of evidence, including a key witness from another U.S. Navy officer claiming that he heard a worker at a brothel claiming to be Amy and a 2005 photo that was emailed to her family. So, again, back to this photo that they emailed her. Mm -hmm. You have the photo that was emailed. You have this guy that was like, hey, you know, I talked to this. She said this was, you know, Amy. And there was another piece of evidence that would be included in the inconsistencies of the witnesses on the night of the disappearance. In People magazine, Amy's mother stated, I remember watching people watch her. And Amy would have been a trophy. This theory includes suspicions of the staff or band members on the cruise the night of the disappearance. And again, one of those suspicions is with the band, mem- the band member Yellow presented to the authorities as opposed to what CCTV captured that night. Many people suspect that a waiter was also involved. Throughout the night, Amy's family was approached by the same waiter asking to pass a note to Amy for him, involving an invitation for her to go drinking with him once they reached the shore. In addition, the professional photographer had printed out all photos taken throughout the cruise to sell at a stall, but the family couldn't find any of Amy's photos, making them think that they had been removed by somebody. Mm. So that makes sense. You know, you take away because she's she's having a good time. She's been in contact with multiple of these staff members throughout the whole cruise. There's going to be pictures of her her abductor. Yeah. So somebody had the wherewithal to go through, pull all the photos of Amy, mm-hmm. and get rid of that mm-hmm. evidence. 
Another theory authorities considered was that Amy was murdered on the ship and thrown overboard. However, the only evidence that supports this is the discovery of that jawbone that had washed ashore on Aruba. But again, they had not tested the DNA. Hello, where are we at? Why have we not tested this DNA yet? Why wouldn't, even if the government didn't want to, why wouldn't they give the jawbone to the family? Exactly. Or give it over to the U.S., you know, custody of the U.S. Let them test the jawbone. Now, the final theory includes Amy falling overboard or dying by suicide, as initially suggested by authorities. I think both of those are just, they're off the table. There's no, I just don't think that's possible. I, you know, I, I just would thought of something when I said, when I said that about why wouldn't they give the jawbone to America or the family to let them test the DNA. And I would say that that's very bad publicity. So they tested it for Natalie Holloway because that was a huge story here yep. in America. Huge story. But this Bradley lady, this Bradley girl, I hadn't heard of before. But can you imagine, like, if they have Natalie Holloway and somebody else and another person, and you said two to three hundred a year? Mm-hmm. We don't ever hear about that. That that's going to look really bad. These places that these cruise ships they port to, they make buku monies. Yes, buku money. And if it's not safe and they don't go then they're not going to make the money. Mm-mm. The government's not going to make the money. So, of course, they're not going to test the jawbone. They're not going to cooperate. 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 That's their livelihood. And we all know that money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Yeah, of course, they're not going to cooperate. No. So, Amy Lynn Bradley was declared legally dead on March 24th of 2010, 12 years after the disappearance with no witnesses and no body found. The FBI is currently offering a reward up to 25000 for any information that could potentially lead to the recovery of Amy Lynn Bradley or leads to an arrest or conviction of the person or persons responsible for her disappearance. On top of this, the family themselves, they're awarding $250,000 for information leading to her safe return. And the family also has a reward of $50,000 for information leading to her current location. They literally believe she is held up in a brothel in Curaco, Aruba, somewhere in the Caribbean. So that's that's it. So I know sometimes, and I think this too, like people will think, and maybe when you're listening to this, you think, well, you know, she saw those people and she was like, hey, I'm Amy and you help me. Why don't they make phone calls? Well, they're always always somebody's with them just like you said there was Mm -hmm. men always and they keep these people so drugged up out of their minds yes and then they become addicted to heroin and all of this stuff then you have really bad drug addicts that don't know you know they don't they don't know their whereabouts they're drug addicts yeah they make them drug addicts so just like i i think you know why didn't she call how could she have yeah, she How can't. could she have? If she's surrounded with men all the time that are mm-hmm. threatening to kill her, then yeah. she would do exactly what you said in that paper. She would tell people, hey, I'm Amy Bradley from Virginia. I'm Amy. Hope and pray that, that somebody, somebody would report it. Yeah. And that it would be investigated. Yeah. It's just baffling to me that because, you know, March, this coming March will make 25 years she has been gone. And she could very well 25 still be years, alive. She could still be alive. Mm-hmm. Still be alive. 
why I just don't understand. Like, somebody had to see something. Somebody knows something. Oh, sure. Somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. Yeah. Um, you know, there's too many people that said that they've seen her with these tattoos. Um, it's just too telling. And all the attention that all the staff members, <clears throat> like, she was targeted. She was preyed upon. You know, I'd say after her brother and, I'd say after her brother and her, you know, were partying, they slipped her something in a drink. You know, she's, and they packed her off. They put her in something and packed her off 100%. Yeah, how devastating. And, of course, these foreign governments, they're not going, they're not going to. They're not going to help. They're not going to help. They don't want people to know that, hey, you know, get on this cruise ship and we've lost 300 people this year, but But you're safe. safe. (laughs) You're safe. Don't worry about it. You're safe. It's just. You're not. You're not safe. I mean, you would think you would be because you're on a cruise ship. You can't go anywhere on a cruise ship. There's nowhere for you to go. But you said yourself they're huge. Cruise but they're cruise massive. ships are the size of little little cities. So they are. I mean, how easy would it be to, to hide somebody, drug somebody, hide them, and then pack them off at port? Yes. You know, just pack them off at port. Well, too, you know, there's so many places that on a cruise ship that the guests don't see. There's, there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes to make this cruise ship work. So, I mean, I just... And everybody just, baffling, you know, on a cruise ship, they're drinking. I don't know everybody, but the well, majority of people's drinking. So then you have a whole city of, you know, people that are drunk. And I mean, just how easy would it? I Listen, we're going to keep this up and I'll never go on vacation again. You won't be able to get me to go to Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I'll be you, like, did you no. hear that story about that kid getting kidnapped at Dollywood? I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. I hate I'm just you. kidding. Yeah, so, I won't even go to Pigeon Forge. <laughs> yes, you will. No, I will not. It's so, too expensive. <laughs> let us know what you think about today's episode. Email us at watchfordearpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at watchfordearpodcast. Elisa, there is a humongous spider in the floor. Like over here. Oh, my God. Hurry up and finish. Hurry up and finish. Hurry up and finish. <laughs> oh, God. Hurry up and finish. Go. Follow us go. on Instagram Bye. at watchfordearpodcast. Like and follow the Facebook page. <laughs> oh, God. There is a huge spider over here, Lisa. Finish. Please go and write and leave a review wherever you love to listen. Keep sharing the love. Y'all be safe. And, and watch, watch for, for deer. deer. I'm going to go kill this spider. <laughs>